So I've got a D&D Christmas cracker joke. What do you call box text on a railroad adventure? Boxcar text. Searching for moons For an evil ogre in an ancient room Was a fortunate son of the OSR Without a ten-foot pole I wouldn't get very far The ground was murky and I caught a look As the dungeon master opened up his grim tooth book And then I fell into a spike pit Oh yeah, spike pit Oh, a bit would have spikes in it I'm Colin Green and you are listening to Spike Pit Hello folks, hope you are well. It's Spike Pit here with a kind of unscheduled episode. This is not my usual format. Um, what it is, is a lost episode. It's the third railroad episode. The theme is railroads. I feel like I've said pretty much everything I had to say on the subject. But I've got a bunch of great call-ins that I haven't yet aired and I wanted to put them all together and put them out there. So this really is an episode by the people, for the people and I can only apologise for Goblin's henchman at the top of the show there. That was most definitely a very bad joke. <laughs> Good thing his ideas are better than his jokes. Hey, g'day Colin, Brett here, um, mate, just have a contribution about the whole railroading thing that you've been discussing on the last couple of episodes, um, I mean, first off, love the show, um, have enjoyed it immensely over the last few months and I'm looking forward to listening to more, uh, apologies for any noise in the background, the dogs decided to chase a fly, um, anyway, railroading, I find it interesting. Um, like you go to a theme park and you jump on a roller coaster, which is in effect um, a railroad, um, you know, but it's a railroad where you are going on knowing that, yeah, you're going to be stuck on a certain track, but that the track is still going to be fun and there'll be some thrilling bits. Um, there'll be bits where there's uh, a bit of anticipation as the, the roller coaster ratchets up you know, the, the top of an incline before it zips down again on the other side. Um, and, you know, that's, that's an enjoyable thing that we'll line up for, for, you know, hours sometimes to get on the biggest and best roller coaster. 
Um, you know, same with haunted houses. It's the same sort of theme. And I guess closer to role-playing, that's a, a, a theme where it's a railroad where the theme is you're on a track, but you know there are going to be some spooky things that you see. And even though you know that the cackling witch that's coming out of the darkness is just made of plastic and has a, a voice recorder, it's still, uh, because you're in the situation and you're in the moment, you suspend your disbelief unconsciously too, I think, in that, that circumstance, um, and, you know, have a really, really fun time. So for me, railroading and, and RPGs is more like that situation where look, I'm going into a game expecting to have a few laughs, to have a couple of puzzles that need to be solved, um, a bit of a combat or two, all leading up to a, a conclusion that has a bit of dramatic sort of um, climax to it all, and then, you know, just a little bit of downtime at the end. Now, whether that comes about due to player agency in a sandbox, you know, because you're choosing to go to that old temple to see what's underneath the the ruins, uh, you know, out in the back of the cemetery. Sorry, that was all over the place. But, um, you know, whether that's something that I choose to do as a, as a player, have my character do picking up on a, a thread or something, or whether that's uh, an idea that's presented to me by the GM... Either way, I'm still getting what I'm, I'm looking for, which is that fun, playing in a game with like-minded people, all having a good time, and exploring, um, to get uh, wanky for a bit, exploring the use of narrative to craft something together with a group, um, you know, and having a damn good time while we're doing it. So, maybe in the past I would have been annoyed with railroading, but to be honest, man, most of my gaming has been with um, a DM running a module using whatever edition of D&D we've got at the time. And really, I don't see that much difference between going through uh, the Temple of Elemental Evil, for example, um, and choosing which of the rooms to explore first. I'm not sure that that's any more or less railroady than the, the DM saying, okay, well, you're in this room and the next room is, you know, there's one door that's out and that takes you into the next part of the temple and the next part and the next part and the next part. So I think railroading is almost perhaps not built in. Maybe that's a little too controversial to say, um, but I think it's a necessary part of the whole role-playing experience. Um, and certainly for me, it's not something I've ever had a problem with. It's, hey man, I'm just jumping on the RPG roller coaster instead of the, the, the superhero one that, uh, you know, is on Movie World or something like that. So, uh, mate, I hope this is somewhat legible and somewhat useful. Um, if not, you can just, uh, curse my name and tell me to never try to call in again. All right. Love your work, Colin, and, uh, have a great day, mate. Hey up, Colin. Shandy Andy here. Railroading. Yes, very interesting topic, and I thought I'd throw in my tuppence worth. I think the first thing is, um, I agree with you that the definition is a bit loose here, but I think I'm a big fan of labels, and I think that they do serve a purpose, even if we can't exactly agree what they mean. Railroading, to me, means that you are giving a goal to the player characters, and you are providing boundaries around which... They can't really go. So in other words, there is a restriction on them. But they can still um, come up with their own decisions and everything within those boundaries that you provided. So that's what the, the label I'm going to take for railroading. 
and I've got some comments about that. My first comment is that really <laughs> I'm quite a big fan of railroading. Uh, now, I'll quantify that to say I'm also a massive fan of sandboxes as well. I'm quite happy to play either. Some of the best adventures I've ever had have been railroaded and also some of the best adventures I've ever had have come from sandboxes. So I don't think that a railroad in itself is a bad thing. But I think it's all about context. And as I think has been mentioned, the players themselves must understand that the railroading is going on. I do think that that's probably key. Um, but if everyone's happy about it, then it is no bad thing. Now, I've got three examples where I think railroading is actually preferable to playing in what we term anti-railroading or sandbox. Number one, if you are introducing a role-playing, a new role-playing system to somebody, I think that a railroaded adventure is better than a sandbox one because you can write it up to introduce certain characteristics, certain skills, whatever, at certain points and to slowly um, reveal the mechanisms or mechanics within a system to them. And that is much easier to do, I think, in a railroaded environment than in a sandbox. So I think that to introduce a role-playing game, and for this I'm thinking of, uh, for example, the one that I run in RuneQuest, role-playing in Grilaramfa, The Broken Tower, is a fairly railroaded uh, scenario, but I think that serves a purpose into introducing people to the system. Example two, I think running it under any type of time constraint, example, uh, at a convention, a railroaded scenario runs very well because uh, personally I find it incredibly difficult to run a railroaded scenario to a time scale. And if it was going to be a completely open-ended uh, session where the characters could do whatever they wanted at a convention, it would be almost impossible to make that work within the time constraints that are required there. So I, I, I think that, it, I mean, certainly most of the conventions... Uh, scenarios that I've played in have been what I'd call fairly railroaded but all very enjoyable um, we knew exactly what we were getting into going to the convention and I think that's generally accepted that within uh, reason railroading under time constraints is acceptable and the third and final example I'm going to give is um, we're all very busy now uh, well you know, the, the anchorites and that. We've reached that certain age where we've got kids, we've got full-time jobs, we've got partners, usually. You know, all, all the um, rigmarole that goes with that. Um, you know, sometimes, quite often, I'm coming off a 12-hour day to a role-playing session. And to be honest, there are quite a number of occasions when I don't want to have to play in a sandbox situation where I'm having to make a lot of decisions as a character. I just want to get away from my real-life experience and to just play something for fun. And a railroaded adventure absolutely presses the button for me for that, that I know I've got, uh, you know, it's all planned out. OK, I'm making decisions for my characters within those boundaries, but having those boundaries, oh, yes, it certainly helps me. Now, obviously, I, I'm agreeing it's important that within a railroaded scenario or situation, the characters must still be able to have choices uh, and to make decisions. But having the boundaries, I don't think, is any bad thing within uh, certain limitations. Um, I, I mean, I, I'll go back to the example of the Broken Tower, which I've now run, oh, I don't know, half a dozen times for RuneQuest role-playing in Gravampha. The same scenario, 
it's been run differently every single time because the characters make different decisions within that. But it is railroaded. There are a set number of encounters you have along the way and you have a set goal and you end up um, at the end uh, at the same place for every single group that I've run it for. But it ends differently. So I don't know. Maybe you don't count that as railroading. I do to a certain extent. And just to finish off, I think the most important thing at the end of the day is to have fun. I still maintain that is the number one priority. And I don't care whether I'm playing an OSR game, a non-OSR game, I'm being railroaded, I'm playing in a sandbox. As long as I'm having fun, that is the number one thing to take into account. Hi Colin, it's Laren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. I'm just catching up and I'm listening to episode 232 and Spencer called in uh, talking about when players get frustrated when they have to do something they don't want to do and it reminded me that in video games a lot of times one of the things I find frustrating is that they'll give you options of what you would do but what if none of them are what you want to do so I mean it's kind of like a choose your own adventure story where the next step of the adventure they don't give you an option that you want to pick you don't like any of them so I wonder if it isn't that kind of element where there's just this little bit of role-playing game sounds really like a very open world sandboxy experience, but there has to be some kind of rails in place or else you're just, you know, playing Minecraft, but with words. Anyway, <laughs> just a thought. Colin, your recent episode on railroading reminds me of some older comments you had about synchronicity. I also recently did an episode on railroading, uh, but uh, I think that's what Tim Schwartz was uh, referring to when he said this seems to be a popular topic. Uh, but uh, to show you how deeply these uh, networks crisscross, I think I found the best answer to it from Joe the Lawyer in Shay's Roleplay Rescue back in March of 2019. I think he gave a good review of it, which I will not repeat given the fact that you have thoroughly covered the topic by now. Hey Colin, it's Jules here from Jules from NZ, catching up on your backlog still, and I'm up to railroading. Railroading is actually something that I have to deal with a lot, because running three hour game sessions where I need to get through the session and they need to get to the big boss battle to feel like they won at D&D um, at the end of the game. Whether they survive or not is not the point. The point is to get them there to the end. Um, and it is actually something that I have to do in order to get them there. I do need to say no, or I do need to herd them like cats through a hallway. Um, it, it is something that is very real in, in the, the game that I play. Um, and as much as I try and allow player agency... Um, at all times in my games because I think it's important in order to build any kind of ownership of their character and, and input into the game because as we know if they don't have player buy-in, player interest they get you know bored, frustrated and they tap out and they don't enjoy themselves which is not what I want. I want them to go away having a good time so I set that up right at the beginning and I say that I may morale road you kind of at points, but the only reason I am doing so is to make sure that we get us to the end 
by the time frame that we have in front of us. So everybody knows that's the only reason I'm doing it. I'm not trying to be a douchebag. I'm not trying to say no just for the fun of it. I am actually having a think about what I need them to do to get to the end and, and then letting them have agency in amongst that. I still allow them lots of choice, even in a railroading situation. My haunted house, for instance, is one corridor with a whole lot of doors. It's their choice which doors they go into. One of the rooms has shadows hidden the curtains. If they don't try and fluff the curtains, the shadows will never appear. The chest in the ballroom is a mimic, because of course it is. It's a teaching campaign. I need to teach them, you need to check. Tra- for traps and things before you open chests. The other chest in the same ballroom, by the way, is trapped. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm teaching them things. But um, it's their choice to go over to the chest. It's their choice to do that. There's a poltergeist in one of the rooms. It's their choice to either fight it or actually I've written it into the game that they can let it free and it can essentially ascend or descend whatever they... Uh, whatever you believe or whatever they want to role play out at the time, you know? These are all choices that are important but still played within a railroading game. It's possible. Hey, Colin. It's Vance. And I think the final question we need to ask ourselves regarding railroads is when the characters are stuck on the railroad, they're not going anywhere, at what point do we call the replacement bus service? Take care, man. Bye. there you go i mean an amazing response sorry to anybody who kind of maybe thought i'd forgotten about them i delayed this episode because i thought i'd probably hammered the railroading quite a lot thought i'd let the dust settle a little bit before talking about it again Um, sorry i didn't respond to each call individually like i say i feel i've sort of said what i've wanted to say and and the callings were so good they're self-explanatory and they stand up on their own. I want to thank everybody who did offer these call-ins. We heard Jules, Liren, Shandy Andy, Roy Lorenko, Goblin's Henchman. Uh, is that everyone? I feel like I'm forgetting someone, but I think that's right. I want to thank my patrons as well for their ongoing support over at the uh, Spike Pit Patreon, the, the folks I lovingly call the Pit Crew, keeping me going and growing. And last but not least, I want to thank you, the listener, for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to Old Spike Pit. Next week, hopefully, I'll be putting out a What's Up Wednesday. I just actually finished my fifth session in my Jungles of Chalk campaign, and um, I ran it. It's my second online session, and I ran it using something I'd not really had any dealings with before is called uh, Google Duo. It's kind of sort of a, a replacement for Hangouts or, or apparently it's sort of a replacement for Hangouts. We started with Hangouts, that went sideways and I thought, I oh, know, I'd been playing with Duo and I, I suggested to the folks we jump on there and I actually ran the session off my phone. We all played on phones and it went really well. It's good quality video. Um, had no dropouts or anything. I was really quite impressed. And there's a range of different messages you can send, like voice messages. Um, 
you can do uh, audio only calls on there um, it, it's just another option and if if you want something simple and you just want to get a few people together and do a video call um, I would say it's early but I, I, I'm, I'm positive and I would recommend people perhaps taking a look it certainly saved the day uh, last night we had a good session and it ran very smoothly thanks to all duo but enough of that we're in some crazy times now I hope you all uh, take care of yourselves and I'll catch you later oh and obviously I listened back to that and of course I forgot Brett and Vance uh, there was no way I was going to manage to do that from memory was there now I really am headed out take care catch you later Fell into a spike pit Oh yeah, a spike pit Oh, a pit would have spikes in it